Good to see everyone this morning. Welcome to Hillside Community Church. Welcome to everyone online as well. I got a couple of quick announcements for you before we get started here. One, and probably the key one, especially for you parents, is we've got kids camp coming up July 18th through the 22nd. It is going to be back in full swing. 300 kids. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be over at Faith Lutheran Church. It's a partnership we have with them. It's going to be a blast for those kids. So make sure you get registered soon. Um, it's, again, the capacity is set at 300. They're going to stop taking registrations as soon as they hit that number, and I guarantee you it'll fill up. So if you're interested in having your kids go to Kids Camp July 18th through the 22nd, make sure you get them signed up as soon as possible. A couple of other quick things. Next Saturday, we're going to have a work day here at the church, um, 8.30 to 11.30 in the morning. We're going to try to get ahead of the landscaping stuff for the spring. We're going to do, a, we've got like 50 bags of mulch to spread. We've got some tree trimming. We're going to do some work on the play set, some sanding and scraping, that kind of stuff. So if you've got just a couple of hours next Saturday morning, anytime between 8.30 and 11.30, we'd love to have you come by and help us for that. Even if you can only stop by for an hour, that would be great. We could use all the help we can get. And we'll probably be doing these on a monthly basis. So if you can't do this one, maybe the next one will work. But we really want to, like I said, get ahead of the landscaping. We've got a lot of property out there. We want to make sure that it stays nice um, for our neighbors especially. So next Saturday morning, 8.30. Also next Sunday, right after the service, we will be doing our first barbecue of the season. So. Um, during COVID, we kind of moved, shifted from potlucks to barbecues, and we're going to kind of continue that at least for the next few months. So the first Sunday of the month will always be the barbecue. We just have hamburgers and hot dogs and a few veggie burgers for those of you that don't eat meat, um, chips and drinks and dessert and all that. So next Sunday, right after the service, just show up. You don't need to bring anything, and uh, we will be happy to feed you, and we'll just be hanging out, weather permitting, out in the front yard and uh, enjoying that time together. So I think that's about it. Uh, children's ministry and youth group are meeting today. So right after the first worship set, kids will be dismissed, youth group will be dismissed, and you guys will go on your way for that. So let's pray, and then we will uh, worship together. Father God, we do uh, just come before you this morning with grateful hearts, with expectant hearts, with anticipation for uh, what you will have for us this morning, both in our worship and in our teaching and also our time of fellowship. And Lord, we just pray for your, for your blessings and guidance and uh, just that your spirit would fill this place, fill our hearts and minds and send us out of here transformed and renewed and just excited to reflect your love to those around us throughout the week. We pray your blessings and protection upon this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, good morning. Welcome to Hillside. Why don't you guys stand up? worship with us. We've done this song a few times before, but it's been a while. So let's sing this together. Sing, I open up to you. Journey of letting go and getting lost. 
with your truth today. God, would you back our words as we sing and worship you? Would you back that with truth from our hearts? 
God, you can see inside of our hearts, and God, we know it's not pretty. But God, we thank you for your righteousness that we've received through Christ. So God, help us to sing out of that place. Truly giving you everything. God, would you rattle us? Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. Since when has impossible ever stopped? you and Friday's disappointment the Sunday's empty tomb since when the impossible ever stopped you oh this is the sound of dry bones rattling this is the praise make a dead man walk again open the grave I'm coming out, I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling.
us today. We give you our hearts. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you sit down, say hi to a couple people around you. Uh, children, you can be dismissed at this point. morning. If you want to make your way back to your seats, that'd be great. Good to see you all. Well, this morning I thought I would start out with a uh, cowboy theme. Surprising, I know. But um, Brian brought me a plaque this morning. I, this wasn't part of my message, but I thought I ought to show it to you because it's the coolest plaque ever and uh, kind of keeping with the cowboy theme here. It says, Cowboys walk the walk, talk the talk, and ride the hide. I think that's pretty awesome. So that's going on my barn, Brian. That's it. It's not even my birthday, and he brought me this. So that's awesome. Thank you, Brian. We're going to continue talking about the, the book of Galatians and this. This group of people that Paul was writing to and getting them to wrestle with the authenticity of their faith and wrestle with what really matters. And the context is they were wrestling with understanding for the first time in their lives that their faith was not made up of all their do's and don'ts and the laws of the Old Testament, 
but that the law played a role in their lives of helping them see a greater principle, and that is that Jesus had come and freed them from the bondage of the law. The law was in place to show them that they really needed a savior, that like, we can't keep this thing on our own. And I think all of us in here would say it'd be a really good idea if we all kept the Ten Commandments. If we start letting that break down, that's why our law enforcement community is involved and all these things. I mean, it's important, the law is important, but the reality is it's a battle and the folks in Galatia were struggling and wrestling with this battle in such a way as they had, they had received this beautiful message that Jesus had set them free from the law and had justified them. And that word justified means just as if you've never sinned, that God was looking on them because of Jesus and saying, you're perfect because you've never sinned because of my sacrifice on the cross for you. And then all of a sudden the Galatians were turning back to that old way, that that place where they started slipping back into, I'm going to justify my faith by my works. If I can just pull myself up from my bootstraps and do what I need to do, I'm going to be justified. I can do better. I'll just do better and I'll be justified by God. And Paul is saying, what are you doing, Galatians? Why are you going back to that place of bondage where you're living under a list of do's and don'ts and hoping your, your list of do's outweigh the don'ts at the end of the day? And that's the context. And where we're going to start going today, this is the part one of, of part two. Um, in a couple weeks, I'm going to come back and do the next part of this uh, passage here in chapter five and wrapping up this chapter. It's about the battle of the flesh and the spirit. And the battle is real. And I put this picture up here of uh, Tim McGraw and Sam Elliott and uh, LaMonica Garrett. These are three uh, pretty amazing actors and singers that we know of. And they're doing a sequel right now called 1883. And it's a, it's a kind of a prequel to the Yellowstone thing that's going on right now. But anyway, the, the whole context of what they're doing is they're on the Oregon Trail. They're heading west in the name of freedom. They want freedom. They're looking for this place of freedom in their life. They're looking for a place where they can set back the bondage and walk into a place of freedom and, and put their roots down into the ground and say, this is where we're going to raise our family. And as you go through this, we, we just see over and over the battle these people went through on the Oregon Trail as they were heading west, they were battling because they didn't always know whose territory they were coming across. And the battle was real. And I use this as an example because the battle is real in the scriptures as it pertains to and talks to us about our battle of the flesh and the spirit. The battle is real inside of us to do what God and his spirit would want us to do versus what just feels good to Dan. It's two different things. And it is an ongoing something we have to wrestle with, but thank God he gives us the Holy Spirit to, to be our strength and to be our helper in these times. The last message two weeks ago that Sean preached was on this passage of scripture just before here in Galatians 5, 13 through 15, it says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. When I think about that passage of scripture, you know, it's all about freedom. He's moving into this place saying, you've been given freedom, it's all about freedom, and now I want you to understand how to battle appropriately between the flesh and the spirit that's going on inside of you and outside of you. It is for freedom that we've been set free. It's that call to be free. We are all called when we start realizing that God has a plan for our lives, that God has a plan different than our own thinking, our own strategizing, our own way of how life is supposed to work. He's got a plan, and that plan is a call to be free. And it leads us to serve others. I think that's beautiful how that passage kind of led that in there. It's all about serving one another. Freedom sets us free from ourselves and gets our attention off of ourselves and onto caring and taking care of others. And I think that's really key. And I think the greatest moments, if we really think about it, the greatest moments we have in life are those moments where we get to the end of the day and we realize we got to really be a part of making someone else's life good. Or we really got to be a part of joining God in some special thing he's doing and didn't even realize we were right in the middle of it. We get to the end of the day and we're like, that was awesome. That was a wonderful day. And I think that when he says this entire law was around and is always fulfilled through just the simple command to love your neighbor as yourself. The beauty of just loving those around us as we would want to love ourselves. And I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, I'm pretty darn good at loving myself. I'm pretty good at waking up every morning figuring out what Dan needs. What's going to make me look good for the day? What's going to help me? What's my to-do list? How am I going to get through my stuff? We, we, are, we, are in, we don't even need to be trained to be selfish. Like, we just wake up that way. We think that way. We go that way. And the beauty of having an opportunity to say, wow, the true laws of God are fulfilled. And when I get out of that stinking thinking and get looking forward and figuring out how I'm going to make a difference in people's lives. But it's a battle. It's a battle that rages between our fleshly desires and what the Spirit of God wants to do. And the problem really is this. There's a temptation to take this wonderful power, this knowledge that we know from the scriptures that says we are free. We have this Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. He said the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead now lives inside of us to quicken our mortal bodies into life. That spirit lives in us. That's, that's amazing. I, I can't even comprehend that in my natural mind, that the spirit of God indwells me and helps and urges me and guides me and teaches me and comforts me. I can't get that. But he does this for me. And this incredible knowledge, there's a temptation to take that and turn it and become a critic to others. That's the problem. That's what's going on in, in, the, in the church of Galatia. There's a problem around this because we have this sense of, I know what I have and I really am doing this and it's wonderful. And then we look over here and say, why are you doing that? What? And then we become critics of others versus just walking in the freedom of it. But there's an opportunity in all of it. There's an opportunity. There's moments where God is inviting us to be a part, to step into the battle, and sometimes we don't even know it. I was thinking back of being in the middle of a life and death situation. I remember when 
Jen and I and the kids lived in Portland, and my niece uh, was diagnosed with this rare facial cancer that was kind of in her glands right here under her jaw. And she went through some treatments and then went through a massive surgery to remove the, the tumors that were growing in her glands here. And I got a call in the middle of the night from my sister, Linnea, and it was her daughter that, that just had this surgery the day before. She came out of the surgery okay, and she was, she was coherent and doing good, and they were just keeping her on some pain medication. She called me in the middle of the night, woke me up, said, Dan, I just have this feeling we need to go to the hospital now and pray for Jana. I said, okay, I'll meet you there. And so we took off and flew down to the hospital, and her feeling was she was being led by the Spirit of God because we rounded the corner together. We met in the parking lot. We went in. We rounded the corner into Jana's room, and she was redlining. And all the alarms started going off. And, just, and it was from the anesthetics that were in her system still, and we literally just grabbed her and shook her, and she came to. And I'm like, coincidence? Maybe. Or is that the Spirit of God leading? Is there a battle going on that sometimes we or others around us just to make it, God wants to speak to us and make us aware of it? And then I'll never forget that night we're sitting in the waiting room and there's this young father who's just bawling because his wife and their baby was in an accident, car accident. And we got a chance to sit there and just pray with him and talk with him. And he asked us if we'd go in and pray over the baby because she was, she was uh, not coherent. She was uh, in a coma. And we said, sure, we would be honored to. And I'll never forget this adorable little baby, under a year old. Her name was Chloe, and she had bright red hair. And I remember just my sister and I laying our hands on her and just praying over her. And the doctor's saying, we don't know if she's going to come out of it. She's so young. Her brain is so tender in this this accident really rocked her brain. And then we got news two days later that she, she came out of it. She was fine. And we were just so thankful. I never, I hope I get to see her someday in heaven or something. But that was just one of those moments where you're just, you're in the middle of a battle. You don't know it. You don't know what God wants. You don't know. All you do is just stand in the middle of it. And I think it's part of the battle of life. We have these moments day in and day out where God is calling us to be just a little bit more sensitive. And I'll tell you, that's not easy. I, I, I get where I just live so many days, and I'm like, why am I focusing on everything but what maybe God is doing around me? And that's a problem that I think he wants to address. So our scripture today, as we go on in the book of Galatians, is this. So I say, based on your freedom, so I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. What does it mean to walk in the spirit? Let's talk about that. We hear that, and that can so easily just be like, ooh, you know, I'm walking in the spirit. What is it? What does that mean? How do we bring that home and understand it? When he says walk in the spirit, I, you, you can't put that in the physical, like walk in the spirit. Like you, you can't. So what is he meaning? And I think it really starts with understanding the person of the Holy Spirit. 
The person of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Many have defined the Holy Spirit over the years as this, like, it. This thing or this force. Or this kind of, you know. But the Scripture defines the Holy Spirit as a person. The person of the Holy Spirit. You know, in Acts chapter 15, verse 28, it says, It has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to not lay on this greater burden of requirements. So there's this decision-making that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. In Acts 8, 29, it says, The Spirit said to Philip, Go over there and join this chariot. The Holy Spirit speaks. He speaks. He speaks to us. Sometimes just deep in our thoughts. Sometimes through others. Sometimes when we're reading the Word of God and it just drives that point home right into the middle of our circumstances. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit has feelings. You could grieve the Holy Spirit. If you've walked with the Lord for any length of time, you know that feeling. When you've made a mistake and you feel bad yourself, but you can't get out of your head how you've let the Spirit of God down, how you've let the Father down. And you feel that grief. It's that same thing you felt maybe growing up when you let your parents down and, and you saw that look on, your, on their face that said, I love you. I am not happy with you right now. And it's this mixed emotion thing. Holy Spirit's right there in the middle of all that with us. He's a person. He's a person we interact and relate with on a daily basis. We also got to understand, you know, the role of the Holy Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit is interesting, you know. He's here to help us. He's a helper. The scripture says he's a helper and he's like a convictor of sin, leading us to righteousness. In John 16, it says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage if I go away. This is Jesus speaking. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you and he will come. And he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's the role of the Spirit. He comes into our lives. He helps. He convicts us in. says, don't do this. I'm leading you over here. He's also a teacher and a reminder. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things I've said to you. This beautiful role when the disciples are walking with Jesus and they're, they're building this relationship and Jesus is saying all these profound things and they're like, huh? Wow. And a lot of it is just kind of going over their heads. Times he's speaking in parables, getting them to dig deeper. And he says, when I leave, the Spirit's going to come. He's going to indwell you and he's going to remind you of these things. He's going to talk to you about the things I've talked to you about. And all of a sudden it's going to come home and be like, ah, that's what Jesus meant. Now I get it. Now I get it. He's also the one, where he said it, that dwells inside of us. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are that resident place for the spirit to come, live in us, and move through us. But I think it's also 
important. I mean, we could go on and on about his roles. There are so many throughout Scripture. He's a comforter to those who grieve. He's a defender. We could go on and on. But I think our daily interaction with the Spirit of God is really important to understand. And I'll never forget when I began years ago to just capture this a little bit. And I don't know where you are in your journey with God and, and, and what your daily interactions look like. That's, that's between you and him. But I, I think there's a growth and a growing that can come in our lives. Do you spend time just talking to the Holy Spirit as you're going through your day? And it, to some of you, that, that might feel very foreign. And it felt very foreign to me for years to be like, Oh, Spirit of God, I'm getting ready to go talk to Joe and... I have no idea what to say to Joe. Will you help me? Help me figure this out. Like, I don't know. I, Joe's in a tough place. I, I want to be here to encourage him. And, you know, like those kind of conversations, you know, moving in and out of relationships, moving in and out of conversations, moving in and out of meetings, moving in and out of uh, seeing moms and dads at school, moving in and out of your neighborhood, talking to the neighbor over the fence. Is there any interaction going on in all that? with the Spirit of God inside of us. I think if we're going to do well in our battle, and we're going to start lending ourselves to the work of the Spirit and walking in His freedom, it's part of that daily conversation. It's part of that daily awareness. It's that sense of, what are you doing, God, around me, so I can join you? Because today is not about me. It's about you in the middle of the lives I'm a part of. But in the contrary, it's the nature of the flesh the nature of the flesh. What does this mean? I think we're all born in the flesh, right? It's kind of when Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, you know, how, how is a man supposed to get saved? And he snuck up to him quietly. Jesus, how do you get saved? What's this about? He said, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus says, huh? So he's, he's wrestling with the flesh thing here. He's like, you think I need to go into my mother's womb a second time? That's weird. I don't, oh, you've you got weird things going. He said, no, no, no. First you need to be born of the flesh, or of the water is used in that scripture. The amniotic fluid, born of the flesh. Like, you come out of your mother's womb, but then you're born of the Spirit. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes and indwells you through your acknowledgement that you need Him as a Savior. And he sets you free, and then you're born of the Spirit. And that's what it means to be born again. Such is the kingdom of God. And I think it's important to understand this, this born of the flesh, we have these natural motivations. These natural motivations in our lives where we just, we're pretty good at self-serving. We come out of the womb, and no one needs to teach us how to be self-seeking. Now, Papa... I definitely help my grandchildren be selfish. You need something? Sure. I got it for you today. <laughs> but kids, they're amazing. They come out like ready to roll and they just know exactly to, how to tell us as parents, I am a very selfish human being and everything I need, I need you to take care of for me. And obviously that's a big part of our role as parents is feeding and bathing and clothing our kids and all these things, very natural things. But you realize as you grow older that it just, it deepens. I need more. I need more. I want more. I am more selfish. I'm more. I need, 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 need. 
And it's until we start to surrender to the work of God and what he has for our lives, and we start to have those aha moments, wow, it is really actually better to give than receive. And not, that's just not the Bible. That actually feels really good to give instead of receive. And you start having these aha moments where you start realizing life is so much better from a giving posture than a receiving posture. But it also comes down to that daily interaction with ourselves. Just like we were talking about that daily movement with the Spirit and talking to Him. We've got to address the daily interaction of ourselves. We've got to be there to say, this is what's true about me. One of the best things you can do is call out your flesh. First to yourself and then to others. And just say, I'm selfish. I'm selfish. I went into my office this week and Graham, my business partner, most of you know him, was sitting there and I just said, hey, that text you sent me yesterday, that was a selfish response on my part, I'm sorry. Because that, I totally looked through my lens instead of the lens of what you were sending me, I'm sorry. I mean, that's our human nature, is just to be like, selfish. But I think there's this sense of we gotta call it out in ourselves. We gotta know, what are those weak things for you? Because it's different for everybody in this room. There's things some, in your life, if someone says a certain series of words together, oh man, you just like fire burns in you because it triggers something from your past or something negative and all of a sudden you're just like, and then, then you're moving into like, okay, when we're in those places, we do everything to put guards up, we do everything to protect ourselves, or we do everything to be selfish in those moments. But being a, Brick said, oh no, that's what happens. You have to deal with that stuff. You have to call it out and be aware of your weaknesses. Be aware of those things where you're just like, oh, here I go again. Check in, Dan, something's off here. Pull it back and check. Living in a daily interaction with ourselves, we're not gonna get away from it. We're not gonna go away from it. Oftentimes, we, we're in our problems, we think if we change neighborhoods, change jobs, change cars, change things, that everything's gonna get better. That's not it, because we take ourselves everywhere. It's usually what's in here is the biggest struggle. Being aware of it and living aware of it is really, really important. Next thing I want us to think about is the relationship between the Holy Spirit and the law. So he comes in and says, if we will just understand that if we're walking in the Spirit, if we're giving in to the Spirit, we will not need laws in our lives to make it all right. Now again, the law is important. The law is there to guide us to our need. The, the speed limit is important. The things in our life those things are important to obey. But what he's saying here, when the Spirit is in charge, the Spirit by nature is perfection. The Spirit by nature is a, is a God who is there to, to show us exactly how to do what's right. And he's saying if we will be subject to him, if we'll pause, listen, walk, build this ongoing conversation, we won't need the laws in our lives because we'll be in step with him. And keeping in step with the Spirit is a beautiful thing when you think about it, because the Spirit moves, I think, at a different pace than we do. It definitely moves at a different pace than I do. I'm always moving so much faster than I think the Spirit is wanting me to move, and I always 
get on the other side, and I look back, I'm like, what am I doing? Going too fast. Slow down. Think. Listen. Relax. Stay in step with the Spirit. And there's times he may say, go now. Run. But staying in step is key. Staying in step with the Spirit. Because his nature is perfect. The Spirit of God is perfection. So we can't go wrong. He's not going to lead us astray. He will lead us into really hard places at times. And that's okay too. But staying in step is really, really important. And yielding our rights to be right. That's hard, huh? Yielding our rights to be right. I think every one of us in this room, when we're confronted with something and in the moment someone says, I don't think that was the right thing to do. And inside of you, you have this two thing going on. This one's like, don't tell me not to do that. Ah. And then this, you're right. And then that's in battle. Now I'm protecting my flesh. I'm trying to yield because maybe the spirit is speaking through my friends saying, you shouldn't do that, Dan. And it's a wrestle back and forth. But learning to yield our rights to be right. And here it is. You wake up the next morning and you realize how insignificant it was to be right. Correct? In the moment when the emotion's high, you've got to be right. But you give it 24 hours, you're just like, what was I? Oh, you married people know all about that. Jen and I'll get these fights and we're like, <laughs> next morning, we can't even remember what we fought about. We're like, what are we fighting about? That was dumb. Why did I have to be right? Because it didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter. And I think that's so funny how human nature and this battle we're talking about just happens. You've got to wrestle with it. Sean talked about this a little bit last week or two weeks ago, about this, how this wrestle is both internal and external. There's this internal thing going on where we have feelings, emotions, and thoughts of, and past decisions and past experiences are all at work in the battle. And then the question is, in the midst of that, are we subject to the Spirit's opinion internally? I think that when the internal battle's happening, the best thing we can do is step aside, quiet our hearts, and listen. And say, God, show me where my stuff is in the way and where your stuff is wanting to surface. That's going to be perfect. It's going to be good. It's that internal wrestle, and all of us know that. I think internal wrestling, stress, anxiety is one of the, the most... Um, disabilitating things in our lives. I think all of us have experienced those things going throughout your life where you just have these anxious moments, these stress-filled moments. Uh, you know, everything coming through this whole COVID experience we all went through too, you know, psychologists will tell us everyone's heightened. And if you are out in the world just doing life, you know that. You see everyone's a little bit extra edgy and probably including ourselves. And so that wrestle is really important that we're dealing with this and realizing we have an advocate, another role of the Holy Spirit, to come in on our behalf and help us and advocate 
on behalf of our anxiety and our stress. Because most stress and anxiety is when we feel out of control. When we feel like circumstances around us, we cannot just control it, right? We are creatures of habit. We know how we like things. We know what we want. We want to control it. And when we can't, then our mind starts just going, and you have sleepless nights, and you're wrestling with things. And I realize there is, I've wasted so many nights fearing something the next day, a critical conversation, something where it could make or break it. And I realize 99% of what I fear never comes true. Never comes true. It's a battle. It's a battle to deal with those things and put them where they belong. Then there's that external. Externally, we're around people who are making decisions, sometimes on behalf of us. So that's stressful. You're trying to figure out what that looks like. Circumstances are not playing out how you want. Everyone else is making decisions. What do you do? Again, who's in charge of your life? Is the spirit in charge of your life? How do you, how you handle others who are making decisions on behalf of you, are doing things that impact you, I think is also, and sometimes even harder, in surrendering to the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Because sometimes, again, you're feeling even more out of control. Things are not going the way you want. And I learn over time, you just, little by little, you got to yield and just trust God. And the outcomes may be going a direction you just don't think they should be going. But you got to trust, because you never know what's around the corner on the other side. And God, many, many, many times I look back, was saving me from myself when I thought we should have been doing something else. He was saving me from myself and letting me down. And saving me from a situation or a circumstance that was not good. I think motive is really the bottom line here. What is our motivation in the midst of all of this? What, how do we live in our lives? Because I really believe God is all about bringing us down the path into these moments. These moments where he wants to speak in us, through us, to us, in a way that's it's not comfortable, it's not easy, but in the end, it has his fingerprints on it. And it's good. It's healthy for us. I was just trying to reflect this last week. Where were those moments for me as I was preparing this message and thinking through? And two moments came to me, and both of them were the same. Both of them were I had to go to clients that I was working with that have sold projects to in the construction world that were surprisingly way over budget. Because today's market. Every project we do is way, way, way over budget right at the beginning, and you have to help the client buy into the budget before you can start the project. But that's heartbreaking when someone thinks their project is this much and it's this much. And I had two moments where I had two projects within walking distance of the armory where we work where I knew I had a, one was I had a phone call with, and the other one I had a Zoom call with later that day. And I, everything inside of me wanted to just be like, okay, there's some great distance here. We were actually joking on one of these Zoom calls, like no one puts their, their, their uh, cameras on anymore. So now it, we're just like sharing screens to show information. We don't even look at each other. We make decisions. And I knew God was saying, go to them face to face. 
tell them ahead of time what they're about to expect, what they're about to experience on these calls. And both of them went in and just looked them in the eyes and said, hey, I know we got a call coming up. I'm telling you right now, you're way, way, way over budget. This is where you're starting. I wish I could rage, wave a magic wand and fix it for you, but I can't. But I felt like it was important just to come look you in the eyes and tell you this is what you're going into. Um, so when we have our discussion later, here we are. And both of them, those conversations ended with hugs. And I knew from that point we would have a decent conversation and there would be a sense of humanness in it, human to human. And I really believe, for me, that was a spirit thing for me because I knew what my flesh wanted. My flesh wanted just to keep that digital distance that felt safe to me. And my heart was racing, walking to look both of them in the face. But I think there's those little moments, not super spiritual, this is about money. But we have them, we all have them, wherever it might be, whether you're a student, whether you're living in a home with children, having to address things with their teachers. There's all these conflicts come up throughout life. Whether you're in drama with someone in your family, you're just not getting along. All these things, I think we're being called to yield. So three application points to send home with you today. First one is daily listening through your circumstances. Let your circumstances give you an opportunity to listen. Think about this week coming up. You have any critical things going on? You have any circumstances? You have any exciting things going on? What's going on this week? Think about how God and His Spirit might want to speak to you through just those everyday circumstances. Number two, God's word and the spirit go hand in hand. We're looking for alignment here. When's the last time you opened the scriptures and you just dove into it and began to read and you start realizing the words are kind of starting to jump off the page. They're starting to speak to you a little deeper. The spirit is a big part of it because the Holy Spirit was the one the scripture teaches us. The Holy Spirit moved the people of the scriptures, the authors, to write and pen this stuff for us. So we know this stuff is in keeping with God's will and God's plan, God's desire. So if we're not hearing as much as we want to be hearing from the Holy Spirit, it might be we're not spending enough time reading his words and then letting his words reflect into those daily circumstances and those things going on. I think that's key. And then the next one here is living aware of the common temptations of your flesh. Again, that's different for all of us. What are those areas where you seem to get completely sandbagged? Like, oh, again, Dan, I thought I worked with you on that last week. I know God. You know, like those areas, there's just those, those areas where we just move into this place of thinking that's inappropriate. We know it. And it starts taking us down roads and places where all of a sudden it's changing how we're viewing our circumstances. It's changing how we're interacting with people. And God's saying, oh, be aware of that. Call it out. Confess it. 
Confess your sins one to another that you may be healed, the scripture says. Confess it to the Lord. Be aware of those things. As we go back into a time of just reflection and and worship, I want to read from Romans chapter 8. And I want you just to listen. You may want to close your eyes and just listen to Paul, same author, writing to the church in Rome. As he's reflecting on this, this role and this wrestle between the spirit and the flesh. Because I think some of you, some of you might be sitting here like really condemned and let down right now. You're like, man, I just haven't been doing this well, Dan. I like stuff you're talking about. I'm like light years from even thinking about laying down those things and really following him. But just remember, if you've surrendered your life to God and and Jesus' plan, he lives in you. He's the same spirit that lives in you that lives in anyone else in this room that has surrendered in that way. And he's no respecter of persons. Don't be condemned. Listen to Paul's writings here. He says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weak, by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be sin offering for you. And so he condemned the sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but live according to the spirit. I think that's our challenge today to not live according to the flesh, but live according to the Spirit. Holy God, help us. Help us to take those simple steps to yielding our rights, listening, and following you. We give you this day. just thinking about how um, maybe some of us are sitting here and we're there's maybe like Dan said there's something in our life that we're focusing on and we think we're not doing this well or um, we need to do better here there and it's like a specific thing but I just would encourage you to not focus maybe on that and just ask the Holy Spirit to just um, do his work because it's his it is the job of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction and to bring change into our life. And so sometimes I think we focus on a behavior um, when the Lord's wanting to um, do something in our heart. And when he does something in our heart, then those behaviors change. 
And so I, I guess I just um, wanted to encourage you to just allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. And um, we might be surprised if we lay it all down or um, ask the Lord that he might say something very different. And maybe that's why we've been butting our heads, you know, bashing our heads against the wall, doing the same thing over and over again. Because the Lord wants to do a full healing, a complete change in our life. So, Holy God, we just come before you, and Holy Spirit, we just, um, as a congregation, as a family, we just present ourselves before you. God, we don't um, presume to know what you want to do in our lives, but we know, God, that we can trust that whatever you have for us is good. It's for our best. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us and the things that we're holding on to or that... I just pray that you allow us to let them go and allow you to speak wherever you desire to speak. We trust your goodness. We trust your sovereignty. We trust your power and your truth. Do a complete work by your power in Jesus' name. Spirit, you're welcome here. Come fill this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be. place. 
Your breath. 
gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer There is no more for heaven now to give He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom My steadfast love, my deep and boundless to this I hope, my hope is only Jesus For my life is only bound to His the strange and divine I can sing all is mine yet not I But through Christ
together as your body. We want more of you in this place. We want more of you in our lives. God, we want to be aware of your presence in our lives. God, it seems silly to ask for more of you, but God, would you open our eyes to what you're already doing, how you're already moving and working. Those circumstances, God, are not coincidences. Help us to be aware of your presence, to respond to your presence, be obedient to your calling in our lives, the little things, the big things. God, we want to be a part of what you're doing. God, that's why we're here. That's why we're still here. God, help us not to miss it. We don't want to miss it. 
sing this over our lives. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence. Sing that again over your life. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Flood our lives. We ask that in Jesus' name. Flood our lives with your presence. Amen. Let's live like that this week. Have a great week.